0: Welcome to episode 106 of Forging the Journey, where we discuss the joys and struggles of our entrepreneurial journey. I'm Greg Davis. And I'm Jerry Dobb. And how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. I feel like I just heard a glitch out already.
1: So, you know, this might be one of those days. No, I don't think we
0: did. Okay. Good. I, I mean, just it could uh... be, I f- I feel like I'm living in a glitch over here. It is, it is snowing heavily. It is April 21st. And we've got, I don't know four or five inches of real light, fluffy snow out there. It's not sticking to the concrete, but like my yard and stuff like that. A lot of snow. And it's supposed to be, I think, 60 something. I mean, weekend.
1: right now it's in the 60s here. So
0: and it might be in the 60s I mean, in a couple hours. I mean, this is just <laughs> kind of how things go around here. Yeah, you can keep your snow for now. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm OK with that i don't need it i don't need it anymore i had fun with it this year i I thought this this winter was pretty cool
0: it was a nice winter it still
1: is apparently a nice winter (laughs) (laughs) well if 2020 and 2021 wasn't weird enough already now you get five inches of snow in april so you should be you should be
0: grateful Mm -hmm. honestly high of 38 today and in one two uh, like two days it'll be 60 And about four days, it'll be 78. Wow. So, you know, too hot. That's, you know, we start getting into the 90s then.
1: That's when I start to melt and I'm like, oh, I hate, hate this.
0: I kind of realize just kind of how finicky I am with, with this stuff. I I actually love snow and I love winter when it's winter. Uh, But then when it's not winter. Um I'm pretty happy from 60 to like 75. I got about a 15 degree range where I'm happy. Anything outside of that I start to whine and complain and Does that mean you're getting old? Well, I was going to say that but I I've, I've always been that way. <laughs> so <laughs> Maybe I've maybe I've just always been old and cranky. Greg's
1: already looking for his retirement home somewhere where the variance of temperature so it starts at 60 and ends at 75.
0: Well, no, because I still want winter. I just want to move north. Hmm. You go to Maine. Yeah. Probably get plenty of winter up there. Actually, I want to invade and take back and, and take over Canada.
1: I truly believe Canada should be a U.S. Uh, province. It should, it should be, be territory New- of ours.
0: Yeah. It should be North, North America.
1: The northernmost America, yeah. See, this would be cool because there's a lot of cool stuff to to go. You know, stuff that you can do up there. Uh, Canada looks amazing, but you know,
0: yeah, it's beautiful. There's a ton of jeeping opportunities up there. Oh yeah, dude! I have so many friends up there that
1: have jeeps and go through swamps and stuff, and it looks so cool. But that's amazing. Uh, it doesn't stop the custom stuff you got to go through and I can't bring my guns and it's well, that's a problem. what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying we have to take it over. Wouldn't that's... that be like kicking
0: Britain twice? Isn't that yeah. technically, um, which I'm fine <laughs> <with>. like, <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure you and me and our buddies could probably, could probably take over Canada. If we really mm. run everybody out, except we
1: <sighs> I'd get lost. <laughs> I'd get lost in the wilderness. It's true. We wouldn't do our proper pre trip planning. We'd end up in like the middle of the Arctic. And well, I don't dying. plan
0: on doing this like next week. I, I, it might taste
1: Isn't like the whole northern part of Canada Arctic though? I'm Probably. pretty sure it is. Yeah. I'm pretty Could sure be. it is. Anyway,
0: man, what do you have going on this week? I know you got, uh, I think we both have a product drop. We do. It is product What's launch happening? time for us. Um, fun, fun And it's funny, I feel like. I feel like I remember on past podcasts, I think when we came out with the Sentry Strap, you guys were doing a launch. When we came out with the Neomeg Type-G, you guys were doing a product launch. But I no, think it's we really, just <clears throat> happened to launch stuff at the same time. It's really funny
1: because that is true, now that I think about it. Because we went to Ohio and I wanted to get some footage with other people in the video. And we dropped the Vital Zone target which is really ironic because now we're dropping two products at the same time again. And they're both related to like the parent company or the parent product that we dropped at the same time last time.
0: Yeah. So that's that's fascinating. Technically this podcast is coming out a few hours before our, our launch time. But, um, so if you listen to this podcast, you get a, you, you get to hear about it first. Um, so we are launching a rifle sling, and that's what the Scout is, the Scout Sling. So the Scout Sling is, is, a, is really a necessary product for us. After come out with a sentry strap, which is, which is a rifle sling staging strap, uh, if you're listening you don't know what, what that means, basically you have a sling that, that you can hang your rifle on your body with, and when you're not hanging on the gun on your body, you want the sling to not be hanging down and catching on things. So we came up with a sentry strap, which holds your sling to your rifle and it uses magnets. It breaks away. Super cool. It's a sling for your sling, sort
1: of. Actually, it's a really. sling for, Kind of,
0: Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, it's a sling for your holds, sling.
1: Sling holds <laughs> rifle to body. Sentry strap holds sling to sling rifle. To your gun. Yeah.
0: That's caveman talk, but that's the way it works. <laughs> Um, and we have sold a lot of slings over the last couple years of having a century strap. And there's some other amazing slings and that doesn't really change our feelings on the other slings on the market. There are some awesome slings that we love on the market. Um, we just felt it was time for us to have our own. And with that, there was a couple things that, that, that were kind of non-negotiables for us with this is. We didn't want to release just another sling that was just like every other sling out there. There had to be something different about it. And there's really two main things that we are doing that no one else is doing with their sling. Uh The first is I wanted the sling to somehow complement the Sentry Strap. So the nice thing about the Sentry Strap is it'll work with every sling out there, and it still will. But I would my challenge was how can we make our sling work even better with a century strap? So I, I think I've t- talked in the past about like an a, uh, injection molded piece that I was having made. So I came up with this injection molded bracket type of thing that attaches to your sling. It gives, <clears throat> essentially gives a home, a spit a spot for your century strap to, to uh, loop over. And what that does is it, it helps keep your sling tight and in place, and so yeah, it's just going to kind of help uh, your your sling and sentry strap work together better. And then the other thing is, there's uh, the sling manufacturers either make a padded sling, so there's a pad on the part of the sling where it, where it goes over your shoulder, or they make a very simple non-padded sling, and it's either or. Well, I wanted to give the option. So I thought, why not have a Velcro wraparound pad that you can put on your sling if you want it on, and you can take it off if you don't want it on. So <clears throat> we're gonna give people the option to, to have the pad on. And one of the things is, as we talk to more people <coughs> uh, who work with rifles a lot, especially in that, that that wear body armor. So if you're law enforcement you're, or you're military or, or SWAT or something uh, and, you, and you wear body armor, those those people tended to not want a padded sling because they said, one, they don't really need it because there's, there's shoulder straps and stuff with the body armor. So they don't really need a padded sling. And two, they just felt like there's times where pads would, would kind of get caught up on the armor. And for us you know for those of us who don't wear body armor all the time uh we like a padded sling especially if you're at you're taking a class all day long and and your rifle's hanging on your shoulder all day it's nice to have have a pad so it's even better for those of us who sometimes wear body armor sometimes don't we're going to have the option to take the pad on, on and off so uh yeah, so those are the main things and yeah you know, I, I could get more into into some of the development that, that, that went into it. Um, I don't want to necessarily do it now, but um, I mean, there are a couple other things that, that that we tried and and didn't like. And so we went through, I don't know, probably a, a, at least a half a dozen versions before we were happy with uh, with what we had. So that's what we're going to be launching Friday. Nice. I've been, yeah, working, that's exciting... I've been working heavily on videos all week, just getting, you know, trying to get <clears throat> FAQ videos done because I figure we're going to have a lot of questions on just on setup and using the, uh, on, using the strapper keeper, which is what I call the, the injection welder piece. I'm calling it the strapper keeper, which, Jared, you're probably too young to remember what a trapper keeper is. You know I, I've heard is? of that, but I don't remember. Yeah. So back when I was in school, it's, it's basically a three-ring binder. Oh, but yeah. It was a, yeah, but it was absolutely. A, it I still was, have them. It's a three-ring binder, but the but there was... I, I I think what made it a trapper keeper is then there was like a flap that Velcroed over so it couldn't just open up. So... Yeah, I knew I heard of that somewhere, <clears throat> and I have
1: boxes of old crap from like middle school and high school. So yeah. that's probably
0: what's jogging my memory. So we called it a trapper keeper. Um which again, I realize probably at least half of our customer base is going to have is not going to catch that. But for the older <laughs> half of us, I mean, we're I wouldn't gonna, have caught
1: that it. to be to be fair. I would not have caught that on my own without a little bit of guidance. But well, that's, that's okay. That's because you're basically a kid, and i, I'm an old, I mean, um, I'm basically, basically 30, so I don't know if I'm a kid. But yes, the old man part is 100 percent true. Definitely an old man. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's super exciting stuff. That seems like a natural progression um, in your lineup. And then it is <clears> funny <throat> because I don't know exactly what time Friday we're dropping yet, so I can talk about it. It's all good. It doesn't really matter. But what's hilarious to me is I have been teasing this product for a solid probably two to three months. I have been sneaking it into posts. I've been showing it in stories. It's been on my desk. It's been in the background. And I've put feelers out on our stories and had tons of people reach out and try to guess what the product is. Nobody's gotten it yet. And I'm a little bit disappointed. I really tried to leak this one. But the problem is it looks so much like its parent product. Right at distance like you just can't tell that yeah, it's tell. Yeah. not the original one <clears throat> just further away so uh, i forgive everybody who did not understand and capture the leaking that occurred but yeah leaking i yeah. am excited about this product i think it'll it'll be a, a cool addition to our lineup it switches some of the stuff up a little bit um and it really helps people focus on pistol fundamentals that's my goal with this is just something that i have fun shooting for, at it
0: with rifle too
1: yeah for sure yeah 100 percent. but the main my main mission in creating and obviously everything we do now at this point the materials that we use are rifle rated it, it is what it is like we use a we overbuild our systems
0: mm-hmm.
1: but our marketing is really tailored toward people getting better with their pistols yeah i, I want to see people better with Their carbines, but I also know that there's still millions of people that buy handguns and they stick them either in a holster and never shoot them, or they stick them in their safe and never shoot them. And pistols are extremely difficult to become proficient with. And people need to get out and get trained with them really well. And we also, you know, on my end, I want to be offering a system at a lower price point that people aren't just flocking to the C zone. And I'm cool with people buying our C zone targets. It's all good. I love that target. But at some point you need to start shooting for more accountability. And that's what this new system
0: does. I get out the C zone when I want a sure thing, an easy target to shoot. (laughs) Like if we're doing a video and I just want to make it, I want to I want it to be an easy target that I'm gonna hear steel ringing and i'm not going to hear misses i get out the c zone it is so easy to hit i feel like i can just i i I can like i can no sight just from the hip shoot from anywhere and hit that target and so that's a target i get out now when i want to actually work that's when i get out the two-thirds i i love the two-thirds targets i think I I I have not bought a C Zone from you since, gosh, I mean it was it was before the two thirds even existed. Ever, ever yeah, since, because we the, those we come out. To... I've not I've not bought a C Zone. Yeah, we started obviously with the
1: C Zone because it. This is kind of what we're talking about on Instagram right now. We we started a whole series of little short videos and and posts where we're talking about the origins and. It's all about what drove the evolution of the ADAP system. And I'm sure there's people here who have no idea what the ADAP system is, but it's a family of silhouette targets. So ADAP is an acronym. We used to use it. We don't really use the acronym anymore because we changed materials. We're not using AR500 anymore. But regardless, that name has carried over to this entire family. So any of our silhouette targets are of the ADAP family, including the Goliath target. So this past week and what we're doing up to Friday is just kind of refreshing people on the story of what created the progression from C-Zone up to what I'm calling the mini vital zone, which is the new product dropping on Friday. Part of that's because we want to tell people the story of the why behind the progression. But also, um, there's a lot of new people following our page. There's a lot of people we picked up over the last year. And as we were talking as a marketing team, one of the things I haven't really done well over the last, especially two years, is tell stories of why and give a little bit of the background of the system. I just drop out like, oh, mini eight app, it's the most popular target. Boom, this is the one for most people. Cool. That's awesome. But there's a lot of people that don't know about anything else except that, because that's what I talk about most. Um, But yeah, the C-Zone, it has a place. I'll be honest, the people that buy that the most are police departments. Those are the ones that are going to buy them heavily. Mm -hmm. And some of that's, I would say most of that's training protocol. And I'm really trying to break that um, with the departments that we're working with. And we've done that successfully. We've turned a lot of different uh, departments onto the mini aid app, which is like you said, it's two thirds the size of the C zone, it's 33% smaller. So, st- you're still waiting for the one third. honestly, I've made it. It's just very difficult. So, what you do with the smaller you get, the less feedback you get. Sure. So, it, it's this really weird balance. Tank, it's this really super weird balance, but there is a product coming in a partnership that checks that box off that is very tiny and it rings really loud. And I'm really excited about that one, but essentially the overview of this product is called the mini vital zone, take our vital zone, which is a C zone, but we cut a perfect a zone out of the center and there's a paddle behind it. So your goal is to engage the paddle and now you're holding yourself to a higher level of accountability, but it's still a C zone size. And my goal with that system was to offer departments and other places that are not willing to break away from the C zone standard size. I wanted to give them an option to have something that meets their training SOP, but gives them higher accountability. So it wasn't even really targeted to the consumer market. I mean, it was, I mean, we obviously showed it off, but largely where we've been selling that vital zone is in place of C-Zones when I know that somebody needs something that's going to offer more accountability for the shooters. Now, the mini vital is a totally different beast. We get more than double the amount of the mini vitals on one sheet. So what that means is the price point is super attractive. Sorry, my voice was going out there, but the price point is super attractive as I said, we're kind of targeting this heavily for the pistol shooters. And yes, it's we we rate it for what we call light carbines. So if you also have a 5.56 or 300 blackout or 762 by 39 this target system's perfect for that as well. But what I truly desire is seeing people looking at steel targets from a different lens, not just it's fun to go out and plank, which it is, but Buy the right system for the training that you're doing, so you get the most out of your training. And that's what I really truly think that this mini vital is doing. And honestly, it's been a huge help for me over the last I don't know almost year of playing with it, um and especially the last two to three months where I've been using it weekly, just through you know R and D phases and and taking it to different events. Um, it's been a really cool tool for me.
0: So let's talk about a couple of things here, since we're both, since we both have have new products come out. We've we've both kind of talked about you know what it is. So let's talk about kind of t- two different things with our products that the, the, the were that were both launching Friday. We've both talked a little bit about what the product is, and um, let's go a little bit more into depth into the development, like what took a year for you to launch this product? Like why did it take so long? It, You know, you know, for those of us, I'm just going to like, I'll be, i will be that guy. Hey, it's just a smaller version of your, of your C-Zone Vital. Why not just shrink it down and cut them out and start shipping them like at the same time? Part of it is
1: becoming aware of a need. Sometimes it takes time to, See the performance of a product and then recognize a need. And then at that moment, you're not always just jumping to produce. So, for example, I saw people asking for things like this, and I started sketching some ideas. And I, yeah, I already had it 80% there with the original Vital Zone. But what I didn't know is how viable is it? What tweaks do I have to do to it? So, really, if i had unlimited time and i wasn't consumed with other stuff i could have cranked this mini vital out fast i could have just you know drawn it up in a week burned the prototype done but the other aspect of this is is there's months of it in existence in multiple people's in about a dozen people's hands so that if there's any glaring problems or failures that would happen things that are unexpected. I want the time to see that. So some of it is just having a busy schedule and I get fleeting ideas in my head and I'll sketch them in my notebook or I'll put them in AutoCAD real quick or I'll I'll draw them out somewhere, put them on a whiteboard and then they'll sit. And sometimes that could be a couple months of me just thinking about it, which might sound dumb to some people, but that's just the reality of it. But in this particular product, I would say it was one of the easier products for us to execute simply because we already had data from the other vital zone. It's just shrunk down. And there were some complications with that with our press break. I had to form the bracket a certain way. It's a different bracket than the other vital zone. Um, There's no adjustable lean on this target because there's just not room to do it. So... There were some little, some little things that I had to kind of work through, but yeah, it's nothing like, nothing like the bullet trap or anything like that. The that was a beast, and that took us almost two years to to get to where it's at. Um, yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but it's it's, it's a multitude of different things,
0: right? Yeah, and, and I think for us, <clears throat> um, and I did talk about this a little bit, just with kind of what what well, we wanted out of our sling and um i think so i i don't have a whole lot more to add to this but it was definitely um so i i think it's probably about six or eight months that it took us from uh from the point of okay we're going to do this to launch time and um uh, Actually, no, it was probably six or eight months from when we said, okay, we're, we're, we're good with this version. Let's go ahead and start cutting POs. <clears throat> and then, you know, the, the time it took for us to get materials in and, and, and start, start putting stuff together was, was at least a couple of months after that. But, uh, you know, the sling is one of those things It's I, I own a ton of different slings, so I'm, I'm already pretty familiar with how a sling needs to work and, and one thing that we tried to do that didn't work. I'll I I just I'll talk about this. You know what 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 didn't work is we had tried. So we tried to flip the adjustment on the sling. So when you go to tighten your sling on like every sling on the market, you are pushing out. Like you you grab the tab on the sling and you push away from you, and that's what tightens the sling. We had tried to flip it the other way. So that you pull to tighten, and while it did, it worked for the most part. Um, so there was a. It, it, I'm trying to think where to go with this next. So it it worked, and the main reason why we were trying to do that is it gave more options on where to put the strapper keeper. But we just felt like that's going to be really difficult for people who all their lives have been using a sling that's worked where you push to push the Titan. So, um and while I don't mind, you know, pushing boundaries and, and, and not everything has to be done a certain way in our industry, we're, we're both trying to aim at civilian guys like you and me, but we'd also love to get military contracts and law enforcement and stuff. And those guys have been training heavily for years, based on Push the Titan. So we just felt like it, it, we might be asking too much to ask everybody to retrain how to use their sling. Uh, so that's one thing that, that we had tried and had had some prototypes made, and and ultimately decided that it wasn't worth going that route. And we actually, to, to answer that, I just changed the design a little bit of the Strapper Keeper so that. It, it would work just as good on a regular push to Titan type of sling. So
1: that's one of the keys here that is way harder than I think most people will get or understand. And I didn't understand as we started dabbling in product creation is when to know when to throw something in the trash. And yeah. we, you know, I, I don't think that you prematurely throw things in the trash. I'm of the mindset that, Like yesterday, good example. I have some drawings here on my table. I gave them to Ethan and it changes one of the aspects of our target systems that we've been selling for now six years. So naturally, he looks at me and rolls his eyes and he's like, I think you're just overcomplicating something. I'm like, maybe, maybe I am, but let's build the first one. Let's try it. Yeah. And that's how I think a healthy approach to things is recognizing that. This may not be a great idea. It might be stupid. (laughs) You know, honestly, why would we change something that works? Okay. Understood. But do it anyway, and at least make one. And out of that, what I've found is oftentimes, even if you scrap the idea, you solidify some of the other aspects of what you're creating. And so already out of this product that I have on my desk, it's going to radically change what people see in one of the components on our target systems. Guaranteed. We already, as a team, have agreed upon one trait. And the reason that trait came is because I was like, hey, here's a crazy hair-brained idea. Let's try this. So at least it moves the needle forward. But yeah, knowing when to say, I don't know, I'm going to scrap that thing. The this whole product in and of itself, the new revision, quite possibly and probably more. It's most likely that we're just going to not do it. But again, we're still going to build the first one, even knowing that. You know, like you said, with reversing the way someone pulls the Titan a sling, you could have just said, "Oh, that's dumb. I'm not going to do it." But I think there's value in saying,
0: "Could be dumb, let's try." Yeah, I. One of the things I like to, that I'll say every now and then is, you know, sometimes you have to, you have to say and do the stupid things to, you know, to clarify the good things, you know, get the dumb things out of the way. Just go ahead and say it, go ahead and try it just to get the dumb things out of the way. And every once in a while, you'll learn something from the dumb things. but I can't believe we even said that out loud. I can't believe we even prototyped that, but look what we learned from that. And like you said, even if doing that just solidified that the way it should, the way it has been done is how it should be done, you know, at least you've, you've proven that. So that is, yeah, that is one thing, you know, don't be afraid to, it, if you're developing something, don't be afraid to, to fail and try the stupid thing
1: and even yeah, think I mean, outside
0: of the, you know, thinking outside of the box sometimes is, is a waste of time and it's stupid, but. That's how you also find cool things sometimes and and solidify the the good things. I mean, I still have a
1: 40-pound magnet in my chest for when we were prototyping, just holding a rifle to my chest with a magnet. So it's a joke. It's, it's, <laughs> you were the one that <laughs> it sounded way funnier in my head. <laughs> Speaking of dumb ideas, this one time Greg was like, how can we make a slingless holder for a gun? There you go giant just just a 40 pound magnet in your chest you know you would die holding yeah probably (laughs) i'm
0: sure that would mess your heart up (laughs) yeah all right uh so the next thing that i wanted to talk about is let's skip ahead to okay we've we've got our products now it's launch time uh i've been heavily uh working on content stuff and it, you know there there's so many things to think about when you when you're getting ready to launch a product um uh, and, and these are just some of the things that 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 we do and I'd like you you know for few to add to this as well, but you know we i do start working on talking with uh some of our our brand ambassadors and just friends that we have that that we know that the product will We'll fall in line with what they do uh, you know so we started working with our ambassadors then and getting product to them we, uh, we start working with our website developer hey here's the here's the changes that we'd like to do here's how we'd like it to look. then we had to start creating the content for that. Uh, I'm, you know I'm taking pictures I'm editing pictures I'm, I'm taking video and editing videos sending that stuff over to the website developer. Um, I'm working on uh, FAQ stuff. So we're trying to anticipate what questions our customers are going to have when they get our product. And that's something that that this is probably the first product that we've done that with. In the past, we've just kind of launched a product and then started answering questions. And then we've been like, Hey, we should put these things in the FAQ on the website. Uh, so with this product, we're actually going to have what we anticipate being questions i'm sure there's going to be more uh, but you know so we're going to have you know we're to have to have, to have those videos ready um we've been briefing uh libby who does our our customer service just showing her how how the product works and and everything so that she's ready we've uh i've been working on social media stuff so getting getting teaser Stuff ready, which honestly is one of my favorite parts. Like, I love throwing teasers out there, and kind of starting from extremely vague into leading up before basically showing what the product is, but I'm not showing the whole product all at once. I'm showing close-ups of it, but it's it's just parts of it. So that way, at launch time, here's the whole thing. Here's here's how it all works. And now we're we are prepping for uh you know, for launch. What, well, yeah. So now we're prepping for launch day. We're getting things ready for. Uh, so we're gonna do a a YouTube video. is it's gonna launch at noon. That's it's like a two three minute video, just an overview of the sling, and its highlights. And then we've we've done this the last couple of products where immediately after we do a YouTube and <clears throat> Facebook and Instagram live where we can immediately start taking questions. And also once that video goes live, the product goes live on our website. So the you know so as soon as the the, the product's live, the video's live, we do a Q&A. We start showing the product. We can immediately start answering questions for people. You know, so they can they they can purchase, they can ask us questions and and everything all at once. So um, yeah, so those are some of the things that that we do, and obviously there there there's a there's a ton more levels to teach those of what it takes to do all those things, um, and and that's just after you know we have product, we have packaging back, we have we have things assembled, and and, and all that stuff. So uh, yeah, what's the process look like to you?
1: Pretty much the same, honestly. Once the R and D phase is done, it's just get the website set up. We've got to make sure uh, we have all of our content. Can't stress that enough. The content is king. And like I said, can't stress the fact that having the content to push the product is so important. Um, I kind of look at that as next to actually figuring out the product. That's the next most important piece for me is making sure I have all the content so that people understand what the product is. Then it's you know, teaming up with some of our friends in the industry who have followings that we can get some of these products into. And we've had this product in their hands for a couple months now. Um, so they should have content. Perry's been communicating with them, making sure that they have stuff. Uh, and you know that they can trickle out over the coming weeks after the drop. It's website design, inventory system, and management, making sure we have inventory on hand which is always risky at a new product drop. I don't like it, but I also like taking care of people. So we're always like, oh, well, here's some data from previous years. Let's try to forecast. And it's, it's very difficult yeah, to that do that with. Very difficult. You kind of just, you make an educated guess and you end up rolling the dice. And I'm And I end up hoping that, you know, if I have 200 of something on hand that I sell 300 and I'm producing the other 100 and I can ship in the meantime, the original 200 of something. Uh, and I don't even know what our inventory levels are like for this product yet, but then one of the things that I'm going to do today is just make sure that our whole team is geared up for any questions, concerns, things like that, that we can handle that efficiently among the team. But yeah, it's not super complicated. I think the hardest part, the most time consuming part is the initial R&D phase. And then, figuring out the production aspect, and then this what I spend honestly the most amount of time on is content, and that's where for over a month, we have been shooting content with this product. To say I have a backlog of content is uh it's it's ridiculous so like there will be content going out on Keystone Carry, my personal page because we have so much um, coming through the pike, so it'll be it'll be good I mean it's a weird time for people buying targets. So we'll see how a product drop for a steel target system goes in the ammo apocalypse, but I'm pretty confident that it's going to check off a lot of boxes for people. And I'm excited to see what it does.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's, it is, it is so much work. And, uh, and honestly, one thing that I've not done and I, and I purposely, don't necessarily do this right at the beginning, is set up like advertising, you know, paid advertising stuff. And part of that is just because I honestly don't know what launch demand is going to be. You know, are we going to sell out of all this in the first week or first day, first weekend? Or do we have, is our quantity on hand going to be enough for a month? <clears throat> and then, <clears throat> We've got dealers who are you know, who have already been sharing stuff with, and, and 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 they want them, but we're actually holding back on shipping to dealers until we get through the initial sale. So, you know, it, it, if we were some big company that had that that, that had a lot deeper pockets, we could, you know, potentially stock twice, four times as much product. And then at launch time, we have ads ready. We have stuff in magazines. We have dealers have stuff in stock, you know, um, but we're not that that company. So we start with just, you know, straight to consumer, see how that goes, see what our demand is. And then from there, we will offer dealers. And then probably kind of at the same time, we'll start looking at uh, starting to try to run ads for things too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not super smart with that either. I,
1: we do run ads and it's worked for us in the past, but that's something that personally, I want to refine some of our other advertising before I try to swallow a pill of learning something totally new, but
0: that could be foolish of me, but you know. Well, and the hard thing is, it's just, it's so difficult to gauge what domain is going to be, and for us with the sling, there's already what 20 other slings on the market, right? So we're not coming out with something that's amazingly groundbreaking. And We know that it, it, it's not this, it you know, extremely innovative, brand new, never thought of product before. It's a sling, and even though it does a couple things that no other sling does, it's still just a sling. But On the other hand, everybody that has a rifle wants a sling. Not everybody that has a rifle wants a staging strap. So the pool of people of potential buyers is massive, but it's also a little more of a saturated market. So that's the thing that that we're going into this really unsure of. What the domain is going to be for this thing <clears throat> you know it's you know thankfully it's our pricing for it is going to be extremely um good it's it, it's straight in line with everything else out there uh it, it's not more like in the middle you know we're not going to be the most expensive we're not going to be the cheapest but we're, we're going to be kind of right in the middle so i think our, our pricing is good um yeah I, I i i really have no idea you know you know some of the guys were in yesterday asking me what what my thoughts are on what the on how long it's going to take for us to sell out of what we have. And I'm like, honestly, my hope is that we don't run out of stock as much as I would love to, it would be massive. if We sold all of our stock at, at once, but uh, I don't like going out of stock. So my hope is that <clears throat> maybe we have like a two week stock and after launch weekend, we're going to be able to, tell okay we need to start cutting some po's for a restock you know like it, it, it it'd be nice to get to the do not run out of stock is it's kind of my my hope but if everybody out there wants to buy everything we have i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be crying over that either yeah i was gonna say that's a good thing
1: <laughs> that's that's cool yeah it, it, there's a lot of, <clears throat> of unknowns but it's an exciting week I'm excited to start launching this stuff and showing people what we have been working on behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, it's, it's exciting. And it's just, it's, it's so important for our company's growth, you know, for both of our company's growth to have, to have more SKUs, have more options um, and just kind of diversify. So, that's, I mean, that's, this is how we grow as we continue to, to, to make things for our customer base. That's going to help them out. So I'm excited. Good stuff, man.
1: Well, on that note, I have quite a bit of things I need to get into to finish up for <clears throat> some more content coming out today. So
0: I think, uh, I think we should get back at it. Yep. Well, thank you guys for listening today. We appreciate your support. Go and check out our websites today. Uh, for over the weekend, uh, check out our new our new products. Check out our content that we've both been working hard on. And let us know what you think. Awesome. Cool, guys. Appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. Don't
1: yep. forget to tell your friends and family about the podcast. and Leave us a rating and review. That would be super
0: helpful. Catch you guys in the next episode.